Australia's biggest regional festival is back for 2023 with one of its biggest lineups yet. A celebration of some of our greatest songwriters ever. Paul Kelly, Bernard Fanning, Missy Higgins, Mark Seymour, Troy Cassadaly, Ian Moss, Vicar and Linda. From Berry to Batemans Bay and all over the country. Join Maddie O as we celebrate this incredible festival. Tickets are on sale 1st of September. Redhotsummertour.com.au Wow, wow, wow. What a lineup. Uh, live music is officially back and doesn't it feel fantastic to have a festival like this that literally goes all around the country and what a lineup too. Some incredible singer songwriters. So, in this special tonight, to get you excited, a little later, I'll be chatting to Missy Higgins and also Bernard Fanning, too, from his, his home studio in Byron Bay. But now it is the one and only. He's iconic. A Paul Kelly tracks like Leaps and Bounds Before Too Long. The songs we've grown up with, he's made for the main stage. To adore, and recently he's given us new music. Behind the Adelaide Town Hall, just off Peary Street, you will find Paul Kelly Lane, and he joins me right now. Paul Kelly, welcome to Triple M's Homegrown. It is an absolute pleasure to be chatting to you. How are you going, buddy? I'm doing well. Hey, before we get to the Red Hot Summer, uh, I just want to know, how's your year been? You played some shows at the start of the year that have been postponed and rescheduled. How did they go? All pretty good. We've um, we managed to get through, you know, two tours this year. Yeah. Did a seven-week tour with, with the band that was mainly regional, but included yeah. um, Wyoming Adelaide and uh, Byron Bay Blues Fest. Yeah, man. And uh, we sort of dodged COVID all the way. <laughs> a few a few, sol- a few soldiers fell down on, on the way, but we just kept moving. And uh, then I did another tour with Paul Grabowski, just me, me and him, piano and vocal. Been two tours. Looking forward to the next one, uh, early starting early next year. Man, it must be so exciting to be able to tour in all these different kind of spaces that you perform, like with the full band, uh, intimate shows as well. It must be so cool to have that flexibility to go, hey, you know, I'd love to do this, and you can go out and do like the small strip back shows and the bigger shows as well to have that freedom. Yeah, I like that. I, I like having the variety and playing in all, all kinds of venues. They're, they're all present sort of different. You can do different kinds of shows. You know, there's a you know that from the Outdoor outdoor festivals to small clubs or yeah. you know, small theatres. Um, we, we you know we playing that tour in March April in um, regional New South Wales and Victoria. We played you know we played uh, places we sort of hadn't played since the eighties. You know like RSL clubs and things like that. So that was great fun. What's been the biggest change you've noticed since playing the RSL clubs back then to now? Well, the big I think the, the big change I noticed this time was that the real hunger from the audience, and the, I think it was partly to do with people not being able to go to shows or bands not being able to tour so much over the last couple of years. So there was a really different feeling in the crowd and with us too. So yeah. I think we all all had a sense that, you know, we, we shouldn't take this for granted, you know, being able to play play music to people live. Absolutely, man. Are you finding that there's a newfound enthusiasm when you play these gigs as well? You can like sense that real hunger for live music that maybe people not took for granted but just wasn't there before? Yeah, we've got a really, really strong sense of that and that was um, – you know, it creates this sort of different energy for us. Mm. I mean, we, we need to play to people and it's, uh, people want to come and hear us and we want to play to them. It's sort of, it's a circular thing. It's a, they give to us and we give to them. Absolutely, man. Well, this Red Hot Summer Tour is incredible. Bernard Fanning, Missy Higgins, Mark Seymour, Vicar and Linda, Ian Moss and Troy Cassadaly. It actually 
reminded me of a quote that I'd heard from you two years ago, and it took me a couple of hours to find, but I've got it here. I just want to play it to you. I always thought you just get better at stuff by, by doing it a lot. It's very similar to if you play sport. You've just got to put in the hours and really just to get good at what you're doing, to build up muscle memory. I know people sort of think maybe that's not really an artistic thing to say, but it's just it's just you've got to actually, your voice gets stronger the more you use it, the more you sing. So I, I always thought got to sing and play a lot to get better. And when I hear that, li- when I see that lineup, that's what I hear. I hear bands that have really put in the hard yards and that have, you know, kind of started from the bottom and have enjoyed some incredible success. You know, it must be so exciting to be part of a lineup that is like that, to have just these incredible songwriters in one place. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, everyone's, everyone's got experience, all those bands and all those singers. And they've not only that, they're, they're still making vital new music as yeah. well. And uh, yeah, quite, quite a few of them I've, you know, I've worked with. Worked with uh, you know I've worked with Misty and I've worked with Troy and I've worked with Vicar and Linda and I've worked with Mark Seymour. We've got there's a lot of history between us <laughs> yeah. and also like you said that we like what we do. It's, it's, mm. I think all those people that are on the bill I think we all like doing our jobs. Absolutely, man. Well, I put some stats together. I was doing a bit of research between you. You've headlined nearly every major festival in Australia, multiple APRA songs of the year, over fifty country music awards, over a million albums and tickets sold. 23 number one albums and 59 arias combined. I mean, it's so special as a music fan as well. Yeah, um, I'm just really excited about uh, bringing the show on the road because uh, I think it's going to be, I think I would tell everyone, get there when doors open because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be non- non-stop, non-stop Ana- great music. Another exciting thing is this. I'm loving this release from you, Northern Rivers, from your latest release. How exciting is it to have new music to play at a festival like this? Play to tens of thousands of people with new music as well. Like That must be such a buzz. Yes, yeah, um, we don't get a chance to do that that often. Like, so, so maybe slip in a, one or two new songs. But we've been trying that one out in Northern Rivers for a while because we recorded it last year. Yeah. And uh, we were doing it on the um, – actually started doing it last year in uh, Queensland and – Queensland tour last year. Then we, we were doing it on the regional tour. But um, it's a song we could tell that was, we knew it was working well because good response from the audience. So it's yeah. sort of in the live set now. So it'll, we'll be we'll be um, taking that one around. This festival, man, it just goes regional. It goes to I hope I'm saying this right. Sethersfield, South Australia. <laughs> I'm probably not. Uh, very New South Wales, Bella Vista, New South Wales, and of course, like taking these huge shows to people's backyards who might not. You know, be able to see it otherwise. Oh, it's good. It's good for us. We haven't. There's lots of the places we haven't played or, or haven't played for a long time. So I'm really looking forward to it. I love getting out, seeing the country, and playing to new audiences. So that's part of the fun of the whole tour. Do you get nervous? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, get nervous. Probably, you know, I think you got to be nervous if you're going to do a good show. Probably got better over the years. It's con- you know just controlling the nerves a little bit. My grandmother gave me the best advice for that. She said if you just try and be quiet for a little bit and take some deep breaths. So I still use that. Pretty simple. <laughs> and you go to uh, places like Bendigo Mornington, uh, Botanical Gardens in Hobart, right around the corner from where you played your first ever gig. I just want to get this right. Was it Salamanca you played your first ever show? Salamanca Place uh, in 1974. It was just an yeah. open mic night, so I got up and got and sang a couple of songs. Any chance of bringing those songs back for a special show in uh, Hobart Botanical Gardens? Ah, uh, I don't know. There's a Bob Dylan song called Girl from the North Country, and there was a an old folk song, Australian folk song called Streets of Forbes about the yeah. Ben Hall, the Bush Ranger. Yeah, could maybe pull out a bit the Streets of Forbes. That was a request from, uh, we've got some fans here and I told them that uh, I was having you on as a guest and 
you know, I, I was just like overwhelmed with questions. And I said, I get to a couple of them. And one of them was from Damo in Sydney. And he wanted to know, and I, I was fascinated by this as well, because your set list must chop and change. What are your top three songs that you like playing live? Uh, I guess it's always changing. And often it's sort of more recent ones. Said so Northern Rivers has been great fun playing, playing that lately. I like um, Letter in the Rain from the, from the record a few years back record called Nature. Really like playing that one. How to Make Gravy is a song that we can always sort of like, it's a song that uh, it sort of plays us rather than we play it. So one of those songs that you can play no matter how the night's going and it's sort of takes you, takes you for a ride. It's got inbuilt gear changes that we just sort of just uh, let the song take us. So that, that's always fun. And it seems like uh, when I watch you live, it just seems so enjoyable. It really, you really get the sense that it's like a family band, so much fun, like a celebration just to get the band back together and to play these shows. I just get a real sense of enjoyment from everyone. You know, I'm even watching your sound guy and your light guy. It's just like, it just must be one big celebration, <laughs> you know, to be out on the road. Yeah, we all like, we all like, we all like spending time with each other. It's just, yeah, we've, pl- we've played, you know, so much together over the years. We've done duo shows as well. Yeah. Everyone in the band, we've played a long time together including, you know, with Vicar and Linda. And uh, we just still like hanging out together. We'd, you know, it's, it is it is like another family and uh, people I like spending time with. That's yeah. the main thing. Paul, we're excited for these shows, man. It won't take up too much more of your time. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on Homegrown, man. Like I said, uh, you're one of our great singer-songwriters, a celebrated artist, and this has been a real thrill for me to chat to you, man. So I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah, thanks Thanks a lot. The one and only Mr. Paul Kelly performing at the Red Hot Summer Tour. Hey, if you haven't liked or subscribed, just do it right now. Triple M Rock and Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. You're listening to Matty O's Red Hot Summer Tour Festival Special as he chats to the artists that will be gracing the stage in 2023 and coming to a town near you. I was also lucky enough to catch up with another one of the headliners. I've got to say, this is one on the bucket list for me. Uh, the first live gig I ever saw, one of my idols growing up, I can safely say and finally say that after two years of hosting this show, I have Bernard Fanning on... The hits we know growing up, one of our great singer-songwriters. So, so good. And tracks like this. I just want to wish you well. I just want to wish you well. It just makes you feel good. Consistently amazing. One of my favourites too. We spoke to Paul Kelly a little bit earlier, and I can safely say, Bernard Fanning, welcome to Triple M's Homegrown, man. We play all the time. It's such a pleasure to chat to you, man, and to see you in person. How are you? Thanks, Fanny. Good, mate. How are you going? I'm really well. We were just discussing uh, off air that uh, the last time we kind of had a bit of interaction, we were uh, exchanging some equipment. That's right. We bought. I have a studio here in in Byron with Nick Dedia, yep, who's longtime producer of. Powderfinger Records and mine and British India Record yep. as well, yep. mm-hmm. I believe. Yep. Uh, and we ended up buying your two-inch tape machine. Yes. Which, which is currently being moved to our new studio. That's incredible. And when we got that two-inch, we found old recordings from you guys. There was like some outtakes to uh, these oh, days. You're kidding me. No, there were outtakes. I didn't know that. On- yeah. On tape. On tape. There were these recordings that we got. There weren't too many, but there were like there were like guitar tracks and some drum tracks wow. as well. From Sing Sing. 
from Sing Sing. Wow, I didn't know that. So that would have been uh, Odyssey number five. Yes, Odyssey number five, man. How how crazy is that? That it is crazy, and it just goes to show how fucked our record company were. <laughs> Keeping the archive of all of that stuff. <laughs> um, you know what? Honestly, listen to this. Yeah. Nick, Nick mostly and I have have just archived all of the Powderfinger analog stuff onto digital, and there was stuff missing, which was probably on that fucking two inch. Yeah, man. That you, <laughs> that's insane, dude. Crazy times, man. <laughs> um, but this this announcement huh? of this festival. What does it mean to be kind of kind of back playing and just on this lineup, man? It's like you these are like yeah. the greatest singer songwriters, you know. We've kind of produced and it's all in one setting now. We get to see it live. It's, it's a pretty good. It's a pretty good lineup, isn't it? Oh, like, it's phenomenal. I mean, Paul obviously he's in his own world, mm. and then then there's the rest of us. There's daylight, and then the rest of us. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I know everyone on the tour, yeah. so I'm really I'm really happy about that. It's going to be fun. I haven't really toured with anybody like where I've played shows with nearly everyone, yeah. but I've never really toured with, with this kind of bunch. So mm. um, I'm really excited about it. I've, I know Troy Casadale really well. He's yeah. one of the great gentlemen and humans, mm. the music industry and just of the world. He's just yeah. an incredible guy. So looking forward to hanging out with him. Vicar and Linda, I wrote a song for, for their record that came out last year. Mark, I would, Hunters and Collectors were the, the first kind of big Australian band that I saw when I was at university, um, and he made a record at, at our studio as well. Yeah, um, crazy, man. Who else? Missy. Well, I've, I've done lots of stuff with Missy. She, yeah. we even, she came and visited me and my family in Madrid when we were living over there. So wow, man. Been for ages, so and, and, been great. and explain to explain to people what it's like. I mean, you'd know, like, so much festival experience, like, you really kind of build this one-off connection with these artists, don't you, when you spend so much time together on a long festival like this? Because, you know, you're not just sharing the stage, but you're hanging out before, after, you know, you're at the Virgin Lounge yeah. together on planes, you know, you really, <laughs> get, really get to know them well. That, that's totally true. That's the, one of the things that people kind of romanticise it into, like after the show, everyone gets together and has this giant party. Yeah. But you actually probably end up spending more time together at the airport than <laughs> yeah, yeah, anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or at a service station eating a ham and cheese fucking sandwich. Or something, you know? Like that that's a, that's more the reality of touring. But yeah, but yeah, it's you're right. And that opportunity hasn't really afforded itself since the big day out in mm. Australia. Maybe a day on the green or something like that, but it doesn't happen very often. So mm. Yeah, it's great when you get to build that kind of sense of camaraderie with people. Yeah. It's really, really fulfilling. Absolutely, man. A great segue to my next question because I caught up with Cram recently and we were talking about the good old days at the big day out. And, of course, a lot of my yeah. memories growing up with watching you guys, you know, on Channel V and you hear the stories and things that you wouldn't normally know. Now, here's Cram talking about Daniel Johns. I remember playing cricket with those guys at the, at the big day out. People wouldn't realise um, that Daniel is actually a lethally fast quick bowler. Did you ever get on the other end of uh, one of Daniel's bowls when you were playing backyard cricket at the big No, ball? I didn't actually. I don't think so. But I think, yeah, my understanding is that he's a pretty talented sportsman. I know he's a really good surfer. Yeah. But I don't think we were on that big day out. Okay. Because we, our cricket story, we, we ended up flogging Coldplay in a, in, in a game, in an international game of cricket in Perth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where they, they had kind of challenged us to a game yeah. and – they ended up having to ring in a heap of people because they only, you know, there's only five or six of them all together. And so yeah. I, know, I remember that Robert Forster was was um oh, was on he? the cold play side. Yeah. yeah. And 
and I was keeping and I started sledging him as soon as he came out. <laughs> and, and he didn't take too kindly to it at all. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Man, the beautiful thing about, you know, uh, you know, the Big Day Out Festival is, you know, it was a festival of its time. And I feel like now, you know, you've got so many incredible festivals going around the country. And the beautiful thing about this is, is that it goes regional. And, you know, I know that yeah. like Powderfinger, you guys and you yourself personally have always prided yourself on touring regionally because, you know, it means so much to these small towns, doesn't it? When you get a lineup like this that goes That's, to, you know, these small places. Yeah. And I, I haven't played in a lot of the places that we're going to, like the specific places I've played nearby, but I haven't played in a lot of them at all, whether in Powderfinger or my own show. So that's really exciting and and I actually really like the travel not not so much the flying part but I love the driving part now yeah, where you're all man. seeing the man talking shit and yeah. just looking out the window and just looking at the country the yeah. amazing place that we live in and how how much it changes and um that's that's just an exciting part of it for me yeah what makes a great festival in your eyes uh well the setting is really is is pretty important I think that's a that's a pretty big part of it, but and I'm not exactly sure how that setup works for um, for Red Hot Summer, but mm. we're set to find out. But um, I imagine everywhere that they go is as picturesque as, as possible yeah. um, in the circumstances. But what you were talking about before that thing where you even if you don't hang out for the day, just being in an environment backstage where there's there's a lot of activity, but it's cool and there's not a lot of egos to deal with or anything like that. That's, that's the important thing I think for, for me, because I don't, I don't get off on any of the kind of macho shit or any of the, the kind of um, besting each other thing that happens Mm. in in rock and roll sometimes. And that would happen occasionally on those bigger tours, especially when you had big international acts who Mm. were used to feeling very important and, that was that's that was never in the Australian industry. It doesn't doesn't really work like that. Everyone just thinks you're a wank, really. You know, no one wants to really hang out with you if you're going to be like that. It's um it's been a weird you know a uh, couple of years, and you know I think one of the most magical moments I saw, you know, recently is like we saw the return of Splendor on the Grass, and you know it was just supposed to be this huge triumphant moment, and then we had the first day. You know, it was a disaster. You know, we we're seeing pictures here in Melbourne, but. One of the beautiful things I found about music was that, you know, we made, you guys made the best of a bad situation, you know, Byron Bay that night turned into bands going back to what they did best, you know, and where they started, you know, playing the early pubs and playing gigs in, uh, you know, capacity rooms that might only be 150. And one of the most magical moments was seeing footage of this. You and Baker Boy and Byron Bay, man. Can you can you explain what that show was like? Oh, it was it was wild. You know, yeah. When those when those things happen that are unexpected, I guess, and and they're and they're pulled together really quickly, and there's just this energy around them that are just that that just makes them really different, really special. Yeah. And that's that's if you pull it off and yeah, it works. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which it did. Yeah. Um, but it was just an incredible feeling. You know, I, the Beach Hotel is, I think the capacity is like 800 or 900 or something like that. So my family and I were actually at Splendor that day because we, I was going to play with Baker Boy there yeah, at yeah, the yeah. show. We live in Byron, so we just drove home 
And as we, as we drove through town, we drove past the beach hotel and at two o'clock in the afternoon, there was already like a line around the corner. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. People kind of, I guess, were assuming that something would happen. Yeah. They didn't know who, what the lineup would be or any of that. So there was kind of, there was a lot of anticipation about it yeah. and um, just felt great. And Dan Zell himself is a, he's a lovely guy and, and a really, he's a great performer. And he's just surrounded by by really good people. His yeah. band are phenomenal. They're yeah. awesome players, band and dancers, yeah. and <laughs> yeah, yeah. singers and horn players. <laughs> and like there's people everywhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, and we were supposed to make a video that day at Splendor, and then they kind of scrambled and they ended up making a video there at the Beach Hotel. And and it was just it was great. Everyone that thing where everyone pulls together at once. It was a great feeling. Well, mate, we can't wait to see this incredible lineup all in one place, touring around the country. Full list of details you can find at triplem.com.au. Bernard Fanning, thanks so much for joining us, man, and uh, look forward to seeing you up on stage. Thanks, Matty. You're listening to Matty O's Red Hot Summer Tour Festival Special as he chats to the artists that will be gracing the stage in 2023 and coming to a town near you. Ah, oh, this is so much fun getting to chat to... Bernard Fanning and Paul Kelly, idols of mine growing up and especially looking forward to this chat. The year was 2004. I remember when this album came out, I was struggling to study, stay focused for my exams and I listened to this and just felt a state of calm. Missy Higgins, Scar, what a song and so many great songs. Ten days, it just makes you feel good. Steer as well, and recently, carry you so powerful and. Total control. I welcome to Triple M's homegrown, Missy Higgins. How's it going? Hey, good. How are you? I'm really, really well. Hey, congratulations on this lineup, Red Hot Summer Tour. Just before we get started, I was talking to Bernard Fanning before that, and he said uh, one of the last times he saw you, or he saw you when you were visiting him in Madrid. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my best friend and I travelled around before kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We travelled oh, around right. Europe together. Yeah. Yeah, he was living there at the time. So I called him up and had some some yummy paella with him and yeah, his cool. family. And yeah, it was crazy to catch up with him. So far away from Australia. Absolutely. Um, how have you been? Uh, how are things? You know, you, you've been busy. We love Total Control. Um, how are you finding things just like coming out of lockdown? Yeah, I'm so happy to be out on the road again, actually. To be yeah, honest, it was yeah. a couple of years with really not much playing. So mm. it's really good to get out there and play these shows, mostly festivals. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just kind of the live music scene is just kind of coming back to life after being dormant. So there's a real sense of gratitude for all these players are just so excited to be touring again and playing for crowds. Like real life crowds. Yeah, I remember what I saw you on the project, and you said this, and I think this reflects it perfectly. I think over over the, over the lockdowns, I did so many little performances to my phone and the tiny little camera. You know, I was trying to feel the connection with the audience, but there's nothing like that that visceral experience. You know, because they're singing back at you. Yeah, it's just it's a whole body experience, and you're full of endorphins, and it's just it's what it's all about, and it always has been. So yeah, it's so it's such a relief to be doing it again. I feel like that sums up like every musician. In, in the country what was your first show back well i think it was actually funnily enough it was a show in adelaide big, cool. and um i had to i got a phone call at about six o'clock yeah um in the evening and they were like you have to get on a pr- you have to get on a plane before <laughs> midnight 
because the border is about to, are about to shut. Yeah, right. And um, this, this is going to be your only chance. So we all took this like, yeah, we, we all took this really, really last minute flight just before midnight with Ice House. Wow. Um, like a private charter. And we just got there yeah. to make it by the skin of our teeth. And I think there was like not, not enough room on the plane. So my guitarist had to drive seven hours to get to the border <laughs> just just before it shut in midnight. And yeah, it was this, and everyone was just so ecstatic to actually be there and be able to play because yeah. it felt like we almost didn't make it. Yeah. And it's, it's part of the reasons, uh, you know, a few things like playing these festivals is because you're seeing old friends again, like people you've grown up with, like, you know, um, yeah. you're jumping on this tour, like Bernard, for example, you're going to be spending three months with him on the road. Like how cool is that? I know. I know. It's really cool because, you know, some of these friends you really don't get to see that much other than on the road or at backstage at festivals. So yeah. Yeah, to have a really big tour where we get to see each other like several times a week is going to be yeah quite amazing actually. And yeah, just to spend some quality time with with my muso friends. I don't really hang out with many musos in yeah. Melbourne. I just I wait until I'm touring to do all, to do <laughs> yeah. all that. What's it like um, jumping on a festival like that and the kind of months leading up to it? It must be a kind of I don't know a real sense of excitement. Yeah, I think it is, and the great thing about when you when a tour is this long and this consistent, you you really get into a um, a rhythm, and you really and you also become a bit like a traveling family. And um, yeah, I don't know, like you you become really strong as a band and as a singer, and like by the end of the tour, you're just absolutely on fire. So yeah, yeah, I feel very lucky to have something this this steady and kind of consistent to look forward to next year. And because you're together for so long, uh, it must be quite sad when it's all over. I think, I mean, I'm one of those people that loves being on tour, but I'm actually fine not being on tour as well. I think because I've got a family <laughs> and little kids too. So, yeah. you know, that they'll be pretty thrilled to actually be seeing me on the weekend yeah, um, and be able to see their mum a bit more. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's just one of those things where, you know, you, you go really, really hard and then you can just relax and and chill out and just yeah. feel um feel like you did did a good job. I was talking to um John Butler recently and he was saying he gets the family in the van and they all tour around together. Do you bring your kids and and family on the road with you? I do sometimes. I think sometimes it's harder to have them on the road though because the shows are so late. I think maybe when they get a bit older it might get a bit easier, but yeah. Luna's only just turned 4, so yeah, yeah the shows are pretty late and to be honest, they're a bit bored of watching me play now. <laughs> they're just like, they'd much rather be home and, you know, seeing their friends and, you know, just, just I don't know, just just chilling out and probably she'd rather watch Frozen than watch me <laughs> on stage one more time. It's a bit boring. You know, yeah. it's all they've ever known. Yeah. Yeah, so it's not, it's not quite as exciting for them. I feel like a festival like this too is perfect for collaboration in the future. You know, you're comfortable with an artist on tour might mean that you're comfortable with them in the studio, have you found it works like that for you? Yeah, I mean, collaborations usually come pretty naturally and pretty organically. So mm. I guess they can happen anyway. Yeah, I mean, hang, hanging out on the road if you form a friendship and then yeah. it's quite easy for that to kind of um, work its way into like collaborating musically together. Also just the kind of the people that you hang out with and the people that live near you, like a lot of the people that I've collaborated with just happened to live in my neighborhood <laughs> so it's like just whatever flows i was talking to paul and bernard about you know the importance of regional touring and how good it is what what does regional touring mean to you uh, it's always really great to go to the regional towns because there's a real sense of like i don't know they're not kind of spoilt for choice like the people in the cities are you know there's so many 
every band kind of goes to the city and um, there's not that sense of like, oh, this is a special occasion, you know, because there's so much going on. But in the regional towns, it's it's kind of, it's much more rare for them to have these really big shows and these big lineups. So there's, yeah. a, there's a sense of excitement and this is, you know, this is a chance to really get out, have a special occasion and let loose and there's just, I don't know, there's a, there's a bit more of an electricity in the air, I think, a, a bit more excitement and I don't know, I love it. It feels m- more like a, a special occasion when you're in those regional towns. Well said. Well, Missy, thanks so much for chatting. We appreciate it. We can't wait to see this festival live and uh, do you reckon it'll be like, you know, maybe you do like three or four gigs and then it'll be one artist going, hey, jump up for this one. Hey, come up and do this one. And then by the end, it's just going to be this rotating cast of guests throughout the set. Oh, uh, well, it's very possible. I mean, all of us have sung with each other at one point or the other. So um, <laughs> I imagine it would be, yeah, extremely likely that we'll end up singing on each other's sets at one point or another. The fun of it all, really. Missy, yeah. Hey, thanks so much for having a chat. I really appreciate it. Ooh, it was really nice no to worries. meet you. That was uh, Triple M's Homegrown Special. We welcome back the Red Hot Summer Tour. It's an absolute ripper. For all the details, you've got to make sure you get along. Redhotsummertour.com.au, an incredible lineup. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe. To Triple M's Homegrown with Matty O. Triple M rocks here. We go around the country, weeknights from 10, 52 stations. The more the merrier. Get involved in the show. And, yeah, make sure you subscribe so you can check out the rest of the interviews. And I'll see you next time on Triple M.